Welcome to the Nature and Science of Work podcast for the week of Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I'm Robert Levine for the Nature and Science of Work. This week, how do you coach someone who is better than you are? Preconceptions of coaching elite performers differ from what really works. How do you coach someone who is better than you are? Many years ago, I participated in a sports science event for coaches. Almost everyone else in the room had been an Olympic athlete, Olympic coach, or both. One lecture by motor learning expert Bob Christina, whose work I referred to in this month's Explore feature and podcast, was about how to teach and coach athletes at different levels of proficiency, beginners, intermediates, and experts. As I listened, I realized that this might be the person who could answer a question I'd asked before at clinics for more novice coaches like me. Each time I'd asked, I'd been told, including by Olympic coaches themselves, that I was asking the wrong question that what I needed to do was improve my own technical skills. But I knew that answer had to be wrong. The lecture ended and questions began. I followed the guidance that I'd received before the event from a mentor. To ask a question only after the more experienced coaches had asked theirs, and only if I was certain that mine was a good question. I waited. The other questions ended. Then I asked the same question I'd asked at previous clinics. How do you coach an athlete who is better than you are? Laughter erupted throughout the room. Given who was in the room, I could, later on, understand that. But even at that moment, I could not understand how a coach could hope for an athlete to attain Olympic excellence if the coaching was based on the coach as example and the athlete as imitator. Bob Christina waited for all the laughter to die down. Then he said, I've been here for three days now. And that's the best question I've heard. When your athlete becomes better than you are, and that had better be your goal as a coach, then as a coach, Bob Christina said, you become two things. The first is a manager in the sense of a business manager of an entertainer or star athlete. You become the person who creates and arranges, manages all situations that are relative and relevant to your athlete's success. And, he said, you become, and this is crucial, you become a designer of effective practice sessions. At that level of performance, your athlete can become better from a well-planned practice or an athlete at that level 
can become worse depending on your skill as a coach, not as an athlete. You have to become skilled at designing practices that focus on helping the athlete continue to improve under challenging conditions. And, and this was his crucial conclusion, and you can't wait to switch to this kind of approach when your athlete's skills come to exceed yours. You have to start coaching this way from day one. Bob Christina's words are hard to improve on all these years later. How do you use them? Here are some key points. Your goal as a coach or manager is for an athlete's or workers' performance to exceed your own by a lot. To do that, you have to remove your own performance from the picture. Once you have, your job is then to become an exceptional student of the game, whatever that game is, an exceptional student of the game and of the skills and performance at hand, always increasing and improving your knowledge. Your focus will then change and improve. One of the coach's jobs, as Bob Christina said, becomes similar to the business manager of a star entertainer or athlete. One of that kind of business manager's jobs, for instance, of a top PGA golfer, is arranging everything about tournament week to maximize the star's likelihood of success and arranging everything about non-tournament weeks, including especially continual opportunities for the star to improve performance. Without those opportunities, the star soon will not be one. Now, does the idea of picking out stars and then mollycoddling them stick in your craw? Does the idea of picking out stars and then mollycoddling them stick in your craw? It sticks in my craw too. That's not the thrust here. This is what everyday barriers do workers in your work every day routinely encounter that interfere with their own skilled performance and their own improvement? What can you do concretely to remove these? As another challenge, how do you create and provide opportunities for practice? Practice. Creating and providing practice in the workplace is challenging, the more so for performers who are already skilled. We will grapple with this essential in a future feature and podcast. Your own experiences at this challenge are always welcome at Nature and Science of Work at Substack.com. Also challenging is how to provide in a workplace for the practical, focused innovation with which a skilled performer at times upsets the chessboard. Going beyond improving skills 
to changing the skills and performance themselves. Your experience is also welcome, and this topic will also be part of a future feature. So how do you coach an athlete who is better than you are? Set your own performance aside, learn everything you can all the time about what your athletes need to be able to learn and do. Clear away barriers and anything that interferes with their own performance. Create effective practice sessions, the time and settings for which are scarce in any workplace. Sessions that can increase performance, especially under challenging conditions and opportunities to innovate. And most important, remember that your goal and your own practice is to honor each day, each person you work with as someone who performs better than you do. For the Nature and Science of Work, I'm Robert Levine. Keep seeing nature in work and work in nature.